Welcome to Success the Last, a podcast that honestly explores the complicated topic of success. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I'm a partner at DeLap and leader of our wealth advisory practice. During each episode, we're going to talk to a business owner, entrepreneur, real estate investor, or industry thought leader about their own experiences, insights, and observations as it pertains to life, business, finances, and ultimately fulfillment. Candidly, it can be lonely at the top. Our desire is to use this podcast to connect you with the ideas and resources so you can be better equipped to make more predictable, profitable, and rewarding decisions as you juggle the competing priorities of life, business, and money. Keep in mind, this is a podcast. It's not meant to be a replacement for your CPA or financial advisor, so be sure to check with the appropriate professionals before implementing any of the ideas. Welcome back to another episode of Success That Lasts. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I hope this episode finds you enjoying an incredible summer thus far. Personally, I've been juggling a wonderful mix of learning, family, nature, and adventure. Consequently, there hasn't been any time to be bored. I wanted to share some content with you this week, but I wanted to keep it really short, sweet, and thought-provoking. In last week's episode, Dr. Brian Liebrich shared how there's current medical evidence to suggest our ability to be fully present in a moment not stressing about the future or wrestling with the regrets of the past, which will actually determine our overall happiness and well-being. In a world full of endless distractions, combined with my personal desire to strategize about the future, that simple skill of being fully present is shockingly elusive. Last week's focus on being fully present reminded me of a poem. It's written by Jason Lehman when he was only 14 years old. He believed life should be lived in the present tense. Thus, that was the title of his poem. Let me share it with you. It was spring, but it was the summer I wanted. The warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was the fall that I wanted. The colorful leaves and the cool dry air. It was the fall, but it was the winter I wanted. The beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. It was winter, but it was the spring I wanted. The warmth and the blossoming of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood that I wanted. The freedom and the respect. I was 20. But it was 30 I wanted, to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle age, but it was 20 I wanted, the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was the middle age I wanted, the presence of mind, without limitations. My life was over, but I never got what I wanted. Isn't that shockingly insightful for a human with only 14 years of life experience? It's in that spirit that our whole team at DeLap is deeply motivated by this desire to see our clients not just succeed professionally and financially, but to holistically flourish. It's so easy to think that more money will create more choices, more freedom, more safety, more power, more security, more fun, more toys, and more experiences. Because it, in many ways it does, but ultimately, in aggregate, all of those things don't automatically create more flourishing. Flourishing isn't an accident. It occurs when life is lived intentionally and on purpose. How can you create a flourishing family and prepare each generation for the complexities and opportunities of wealth? It ultimately requires an organizing principle, a why, a family compass that determines everything else. Scientists at the National Academy of Sciences have defined flourishing as a state of mind in which all aspects of life are good. Research from the Human Flourishing Program at Harvard found that at the very least, flourishing requires doing well across five domains. They include happiness and life satisfaction, physical and mental health, 
meaning and purpose, character and virtue, and finally, close social relationships. We've used this word picture before, but flourishing is a lot like a kaleidoscope. Those individual categories, you'll experience them holistically. It's like a kaleidoscope with five or six different individual chambers inside of it, but when we look through the tube, our eye has one experience, not five or six different independent experiences. Another way I've seen this concept visualized is as a wheel. In the center, or hub, is the individual. Around the hub are spokes with unique labels. If some of the categories are thriving, while other categories are diminished, you'll end up with uneven spokes and have a lopsided wheel. And if your life is functionally lopsided, the resulting ride of life is both lumpy and less enjoyable. The good news is, money can be a tool. You can use your wealth to deliver more of what matters most to you and to your family. To do so, however, requires one to understand that wealth is more than just financial. What are some of the other aspects of wealth? For starters, there's spiritual capital. This is the foundational mission, values, and unifying purpose of a family. It answers questions such as, why are we here? Where do we find our sense of identity as a family? What gives us meaning? Where do we find joy? What stirs us to anger and to sadness? What impact do we wish to have on the world? What can we achieve together that we couldn't achieve apart? And finally, what is the ultimate purpose of our wealth? Another type of capital for a family is human capital. And this is the development of character, identity, and the specific set of skills each family member has to have to live a fulfilled life, engaged in meaningful work, all the while managing the complexities of wealth. Families also need to be pursuing relational capital. This is the ability and desire to stay connected within a family and to compromise, work together, create caring and productive relationships, and to develop structures to make decisions and manage family wealth. It's built upon trust and respect. This begins with a willingness to forgive, open and honest communication, and learning how to listen and learn from one another with respect. Some wealthy families go so far as to even write a family constitution, as well as other specific tactics to promote overall family togetherness. And finally, the last type of capital that a family should be mindfully managing is their social and community capital. This is a commitment and respect, compassion and connection to the needs of others, a shared conviction that giving and serving is a key part to a joyful and meaningful life, individually and as a family. It's an appreciation that our wealth is not just for our own benefit, but rather should be used to help others flourish. This involves all family members being involved in some way, shape, or form in serving and giving. If these non-financial forms of capital are of greater interest to you, reach out to us and we'll get you connected to some of the authors, books, and research on the topic. One particular book on the topic that I really enjoyed reading was a book built around 50 questions that wealthy families ask. Full chapters are built around questions like, what are the most important factors to living well? What are the considerations in crafting your legacy? What does passing on values to the next generation really look like? And how do we think about using resources that exceed my personal needs? These straightforward questions don't offer easy, straightforward answers. It takes time and purpose. I'm reminded of the Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. Ensuring your wealth will impact both your family and your community the way that you want it to will require intentionality. With the real estate market setting new market highs, the stock market setting all-time highs, lofty valuations on the sales of businesses, combined with the historically high estate tax exemption and near-record low interest rates, now might be the best time in history to formalize some of the strategies to ensure 
that your wealth impacts others the way that you want it to. Reach out to your team at DeLap and actually schedule some time prior to some of these laws changing that have been discussed out of Washington, D.C. Hopefully we've covered some great content that you found both thought-provoking and actionable over the last eight minutes. We're so grateful each and every week that you check out this podcast. If you find any of this content to be helpful, please share it with others or leave us a positive review. We'd love to see this community expand. We'll be back next week with some new content to support client flourishing. And until we do it again, enjoy your summer sunshine and be well.